After John 9, what we talked about yesterday, when Jesus healed that man who was born blind, the next chapter in John is one of the most famous chapters in the Bible. Oh, yep, I know that one. Yeah, it's about Jesus being the good shepherd. And one of the really interesting things about Jesus teaching about being the good shepherd is that there's also another really famous chapter in the Bible in the Old Testament about the same thing called Psalm 23. Some of you, you guys probably know part of it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, when Jesus is teaching in John 10, saying, I am the good shepherd, he follows the order of Psalm 23. And it's pretty clear that he is explaining what Psalm 23 means by saying, it's all about me. So in Psalm 23, David is bragging. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. And Jesus is saying, yes, I am. That's me. And also for us. And he says a couple of really important things about himself being the good shepherd. What makes him the good shepherd? Like he says it in a special way. Like I am the one and only good shepherd. No one else is like me. And he makes a couple of comparisons. First of all, he says that people who don't own the sheep, but are just hirelings. That'd be like somebody who's paid to watch the sheep, but doesn't own the sheep and know the sheep and care about the sheep. When that guy sees the wolf coming, He's going to leave the sheep and run away. I mean, wouldn't you? If they weren't your sheep yeah. and a wolf was going to come and attack no, you, no, no. wouldn't you run away? I wasn't. You wouldn't? I wouldn't. Yeah, you I wouldn't? like nature. I love nature. You would, you, yeah, but the wolf is going to try to kill you. No, the sheep, I don't want the sheep to be killed. True, but do you want to be killed? No, I don't care. <laughs> I'm insane <the> sheep. <laughs> <laughs> well, in general, if you hire someone, they're only in it for the money, right? That's the nature of like a job that you're getting paid for. That's okay, right? They don't think their life is worth it. But Jesus is saying, I'm not a hireling. I, the, the, I, the sheep are my sheep. And he says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So the first thing he says then is that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, that's different than the hireling who runs away when, when the sheep comes. The hireling saying to the sheep, you guys can lay down your lives for me. I'm out. But the good shepherd says, I'll lay my life down for the sheep. But you know what? That doesn't make sense. Sometimes when Jesus uses illustrations, he says things in such a way that don't make sense on purpose. So that you go, wait, what? And then you realize that he's making a really important point. So if you were a shepherd and the, sheep came, the wolf came to attack your sheep, you would fight the wolf to try to protect your sheep. But would you do this? Would you say, hello, Mr. Wolf, here I am. I will lay my life down. I will lie down on the ground and allow you to attack me and gore me to pieces. Uh, that's not a proper use of the word gore, but rip me to shreds and destroy me and eat me as long as you then leave my sheep alone. Would you do that if you were the shepherd? No, because the wolf would just 
go and eat the sheep after you were dead. So what good does it do if you lay your life down for the sheep? But that's the word Jesus uses. He doesn't just mean fight the wolf for the sheep. The word he uses is lay down my life for the sheep. So that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. But in the same chapter, Jesus says, No one takes my life from me. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. So this is one of the most amazing verses in the Bible. Jesus says several things here that no one else can say. No other human being can say, no one takes my life from me. People can take our lives from us. Yes. We're not in control of our lives. The psalmist says to God that, that he says, my times are in your hands. The, the days of my life, they were written in your book before any of them came to be. It's not up to us when we live or when we die. It's ultimately up to God. But we also don't have like the power to be able to just say, no one can take, even if we like became the strongest or sneakiest or fastest ninja on the planet, we still couldn't stop everyone from being able to attack us. And we don't need to because we can trust that our lives are in God's hands. But Jesus says, no one, he means it, no one takes my life from me. And he showed that several times. We talked not that long ago about how he was preaching to some people who didn't like him and then they tried to throw him off a cliff and he walked through the middle of them. And he did things like that several times where people wanted to kill him, but he didn't let them. It just happened the other day after, I think it was after he healed, was it after he healed the, no, when he healed the blind man. Yeah. It, was just a, it, was, it was just a little bit before that, I think, where they were seeking to, to kill him, but he, they just couldn't find him. Like he made himself, I don't know if he made himself invisible or if he just like confused them or like he was really good at playing hide and seek or what, but it says they couldn't find him. So Jesus intentionally did things to stop people from killing him because it wasn't his time to die yet. And he always showed, well, no one takes my life from me. Another really good example of it is later when Jesus was going to get arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And they, and they came with like soldiers came, they had clubs and they had swords and they had spears. And he said, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs and spears? Every day I taught in the temple. You knew where I was. Why didn't you arrest me then? Jesus is cleverly pointing out two things to them. One, that he knows that the reason they've come in the middle of the night is because they know that what they're doing is wrong. Second, he's, he's laughing at the idea that their swords and clubs or spears would do them any good if he wasn't going to let them take him. And then he shows that because he says, who are you looking for? They say, Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am. And they all fall on the ground. And then they get up and he says, who are you looking for? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am. So if you want me, let these others go. And the, and the disciples go free. He lets them take him. See, I lay my life down for the sheep. Not just for the disciples, but for all his believers is what he especially has in mind. But also for all people. So that's what he means. No one can take his life from him, but he lays it down of his own accord. Then he says the other thing that no one else can say, not even God the Father can say, I lay my life down because God the Father doesn't die. Mm -hmm. Jesus became a man so he could die for us. Mm -hmm. So he says, I lay my life down of my own accord and I have the authority to take it up again. 
meaning to rise from the dead, which is what that's pointing to. A normal shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. Okay, Mr. Wolf, you can kill me and just don't hurt my sheep, please. Stupid. Not going to work. But Jesus, the good shepherd, he does that and then rises from the dead. And in doing so, rips that wolf apart. Because that wolf is the devil. And sin. And death. And hell. And by his death and resurrection, he destroyed them completely. And there's one more part that's really important about the good shepherd. Jesus says that the good shepherd knows his sheep and his sheep know him and that they know his voice. He says those who are not his sheep do not know his voice, but his sheep hear his voice and they know him and they follow him and he gives them eternal life. That was just what it said in Psalm 23 too, right? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In between, he says a bunch of things that match up with all the parts of Psalm 23. But the most important parts, I think, are David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And then he talks about how he takes care of his sheep, just like David talks about green pastures and still waters. Then David talks about how even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And that's where Jesus says, I lay my life down for the sheep. I have the authority to lay it down and I have the authority to take it up again. And then... David talks about how he will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And Jesus says, I give my sheep eternal life. Give it freely because he died and rose again and because he gives us his word. Now, here's the cool part about this too with shepherds in that part of the world. This is what they would do if they wanted to like, well, I don't know exactly, but I'll give you, they would do something like this. If they wanted to call their sheep, their sheep are out there, you know, like shadows running around. And I'm like, and I'm like, shadow, back, back, back. And then I go, maybe I go, or I clap my hands or something to get his attention and he comes running back. These shepherds had special calls. They were kind of like a yodel. A yodel is like, yodeling, Only like, they would do it way longer. They'd be like 20 to 30 second like little songs that they, they, they teach their sheep. So then their sheep are just like out on the hills or whatever and the shepherd, you know, calls this song out over the hills and the sheep all come to him. His sheep come whenever he calls. Other sheep don't come. They don't know his voice. They don't know his call. And that's Jesus' point. His voice is his word. It's his gospel. When he calls, it gives us faith. And it's the reason why we know him. His call is what makes us know him and follow him and gives us eternal life.